0: And finals every week, and uh, there's a, you know, we're a game and a half off top, off top two in the end, trying to get the balance right between understanding what sort of year it was. And that's not, not an easy thing to do when you're sort of 10 minutes after or five minutes after a game's finished. Well, nothing we, nothing we did tonight worked. It was just, um, you know, whatever we tried to do, it, it didn't work. And
1: the one thing I say about John Longmire, when you go into a game, if you're an opposition coach, you know what he's going to do. Yeah. And, he's, and, and he actually says, hey, no secrets here with the Swans. This is what we do. You've just got to be better than to beat me. But it gives the opposition a chance to plan against him, knowing that he's not going to react to that, what we put out there. He, he's, he's a straight up and down, morally sound coach, but he doesn't
0: throw curveballs at you.
1: On the night, buddy, he's had six score involvements launches this one from outside 50 Franklin for
0: goal number 50 for the year, and he's got it We spoke about it a lot last year, clearly um, and we've learned some really valuable lessons um, which we've taken this pre-season um, but it's, it's, it's last um, result last year, I suppose, what, what happened for us last year, we're, we're still have having really touched on it as a group or mentioned it at all really But the culture of the Swans is often talked about um, Dama and and uh, people can't define it. And to get rid of the handball in a hurry. Now Heaney's so strong. What a finish from Isaac Heaney. I'm very proud to coach this group of young men. We continue to learn about ourselves. Last year we learnt the value of getting our core DNA right as quick as we can. And hopefully the opposition learnt that you that you can never, ever, ever write us off. Tippett said goodbye over the break. Sammy Naismith goes down with a big knee injury. The boys perform well over the JLT period. And the season of 2018 is just about to get underway. This is True Bloods, the soon-to-be number one Sydney Swans supporter podcast. And I'm here in the studio at Podular with my co-host, Madison Clark. Mads, how are you, mate?
1: Tommy, I am just absolutely thrilled that it's round one again.
0: I'm I'm thrilled as well. The Mighty Swannies are going to be getting underway this Sunday at the New Perth Stadium. Twilight game. Against the West Coast Eagles. We're going to get into all of that later. Today's topics: the 2017 season review for the Swans, the preview for 2018, and the huge round one clash. Tommy Flanagan and Madison Clark here in the studio, and we're going to give you everything Sydney Swans here all year on True Bloods. Tommy, Uh,
1: 2017, sum it up in one word.
0: Well, it's... You can't say anything other than an absolute roller coaster.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll call that one word. I I'd agree with that. Yeah, well, it was... short and absolute roller coaster. Roller coaster. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was nuts. Um, the the north six start, dismal, um, gut wrenching. It had all of, all of us Swan supporters. It was
1: unbloodlike, wasn't it? Oh,
0: we, we were searching for answers in those first six rounds, especially coming off a grand final loss where you feel like where we should have won. Yeah, we're the better team, and we we should have won. Bulldog supporters listening, reckoning they're the better side. They can go get that stuff. That was so our flag. That was our flag to win. And unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen. But to come into the start of the following season at 0-6 w- was just devastating. Uh, w- how far the team had seemed to have fallen off the perch was was just beyond belief for us Swans fans. But I,
1: I found myself, uh, and I have over the last couple of years, not, i don't want to call it arrogance but a certain confidence about me when i walk in go and watch the bloods or when i go and watch it with mates on tv that you know i sort of i expect that we will win we've consistently done that over 15 years i haven't
0: tipped against us for 15 years
1: <laughs> exactly so it was it was a very weird position to be in wasn't it
0: it was we it in a unprecedented spot for for swan's unless you're around in the in the early 90s when we <laughs> lost 28 on the trot. Um, but in modern times, it's been unprecedented for this group. And um, it, it started like like an absolute train wreck with Heaney going down with glandular fever before a ball had been bounced. Rampy at training trips over a chain-link fence while he's going for a run.
1: You wouldn't bloody read about it, would Absolutely you? Absolutely
0: ridiculous. So, shock and start um, to have those two uh, falling falling away uh, before the season Key players. Started. Really Absolute important players. players. And then flat against Port in the first round uh, allowed the Port midfield to get on top of us. and Just
1: sort of looked like we were going at 50%.
0: Yeah, half pace, just... That's just about right. Sam Pell-Pepper had a great game for Port Adelaide. We probably weren't ready for him. and The, nope. big, the big goal that he kicked and, and his extra little bit of influence that he added to the Port Adelaide midfield that day. Joey had a good day, JP Kennedy, but um, everyone else seemed a little bit flat and, and not uh, cherry right for that round one game.
1: Well, we had a couple of other... Uh, I guess we worked into the season a little bit more with our games against the Western Bulldogs yep. and Collingwood. Yep. You know, I thought we were very, very unlucky to lose to Collingwood. Um, yeah. Will hoskin Elliott kicked that goal, didn't
0: he? It was, it was a flip of the coin game, yeah. that one. And yeah, hoskin uh, the last three minutes of the game kicked mm. kick this winning goal for the Pies. and Very frustrating. Very frustrating. Uh, then, then we went to West Coast, We went over to Perth and dished up a pretty ordinary performance over there in our last game at Subiaco Oval. The
1: positive was Will Haywood to come out of that one.
0: Certainly. Will, in his first game, I think it was his first game, he was fantastic, kicked a couple of goals, maybe three goals and... Um, looked really lively, but no. no one else really seemed to um, come to the party that night, and, and we were pretty ordinary and looked rather lackluster. Uh, a little bit better the following week in our start against GWs, but fell away badly. K-
1: kicked four goals to start the game. On fire. I, I was listening to it. I was I was on my way out. That's that's what I do, Tommy. I'm, bit weird like that, just chucking the headphones when, uh, when, I'm, when I'm out and about on a Saturday night. And I thought, well, this will really kickstart our season. They're, they're a premiership favourite. We're going to belt them. And then uh, we didn't kick another goal for about two quarters. Barely
0: kicked the goal for the rest yeah. of the day. And, <laughs> and uh, went back to true form, as it were, at that point. We were 0-5 and then thought we'd uh, roll into the Carlton game and this would finally be the one where we break our duck. We'll, we'll knock over these blokes yeah. because they're no good. But unfortunately, uh, it wasn't to be our day. We, we looked incredibly sluggish, maybe as ordinary as any swan side I've seen in the past decade.
1: There's a photo of me at the MCG that day, and I look... I mean, I'm a pretty pale dude to begin with, but uh, I look ghostly. It was appalling, wasn't it? It was the antithesis of what our culture is. Mills was getting bullied around the ground. Silvani held Bud to what? One? It was just... We weren't ourselves, were we?
0: No, it, it wasn't a case that we were butchering the footy and being sloppy and no. there was a few skill errors that were letting us down. It, were, it was that effort that we yeah, always pride ourselves it on. Was yeah, weak, it was weak, wasn't it? It was a soft performance yep. that um, we never really want to see in red and white jumpers. And uh, Silvani, Alex Silvani, in his first game for Carlton, did a magnificent job on Bud um, at fullback. Um, there, there weren't too many positives for us on the day. I remember Brandon Jack getting run down... <laughs> In yeah. the goal square, um, yeah. and that pretty much summed up the afternoon, unfortunately. But luckily enough, the following week, we were able to uh, put away all the demons of the first six rounds and finally went get he bang. Well, he got us going, didn't he? I he mean, did. uh, we, we really needed someone. That's what to, we're paying him for, I guess. <laughs> exactly right. Well, we need someone to kickstart uh, the year, and Buds 8 against Brisbane was just the tonic that was required. And after that game, we, we rolled through North Melbourne, rolled through St Kilda, uh, had another ripping game against the Hawks. Unfortunately, didn't get the four points with Jared Roughhead popping up and kicking the winning goal. Very rate.
1: frustrating.
0: Always frustrating. Outcoached. Getting done by the Hawks. I mm. can't stand that, but it, it happened. Um, and then we had the bye and we Still in a precarious position at that point. We
1: were, we're still very much outside the eight. And well, we came we came out of the by and we played Western Bulldogs from memory, didn't yep, we? Yep, yep, at the SCG. Very, very wet night at the SCG.
0: And we were pretty good in that game. Got the job done, smashed them. Um, and then a massive comeback against the, the future Premiers, now the reigning Premiers. Mm, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> just a- unbelievable. They're on, they're on very shortly, I I wish nothing but the worst for them this year but that's another story. Um that was unbelievable. Kieran Jack, Gary Rowan, end of the game it was fantastic to watch wasn't it?
0: Well it was clinical and it was a come from behind victory we were in a in a shocking position halfway through the third quarter. I think we were about 5 goals down halfway yeah. through the third term and the and the fight and scrap and effort you know what we were talking about before that was just non-existent wasn't, in that yeah. Carlton game was very evident in yeah. the end of that oh, Richmond yeah. game. It was brilliant.
1: I was sitting down level one in the MCC as I do, and especially Richmond games, I like to uh, get a bit vocal. And it's always good when you walk away with the four points against uh, the Richmond faithful, I'll tell you that much, Tommy.
0: And then after that game, um, there was one for the ages, really, at the, up at the SCG ho, on ho, a Friday ho. night. And the Bombers were up by 19 points, three minutes to go. So when he's looked cooked... Nick Newman. Nick Newman, Somehow pops up, kicks a goal from
1: Very crisp.
0: Not nice little goal from five meters out, very clinical, little bit of work. Bud launched a long one uh, that we thought might go through and, and take it back to scores level with less than a minute to go, but that one just veered off to the right. Uh, one behind. And then
1: a Mr. Brendan Goddard Mr. took the Brendan, kick in duties, did he?
0: Mr. Brendan BJ Goddard. Thank you, mate. Thank you for doing that. That was really good uh, bit of leadership there from Brendan Goddard to say, I'll take the kick in there. And
1: what an absolute flog.
0: Kick it to himself. And, and
1: Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke, just, could it? Just Papley.
0: mosey on out of the back back line at half pace and see <laughs> if he can rocket one to to finish off the game out of half back but no tom papley he's he's two good paps and uh and
1: then rampy
0: rampy then to mark. rowan mark mark rowan one Sorry of the great that. nights one of the great oh, nights ever
1: i was there i was at the scg i was right behind the goals in fact
0: how many great games have we had over the years against the bombers that's Oof. just one of them but Oof. one of many
1: You'd have to turn the clock back to '96 as well.
0: '96, there's another one. Uh, I remember uh, the the comeback. I think it was 2015, round one, when yes. we were down 30 points at three quarter time and just rolled home. Yeah. Um, Bud and Heaney were, were massive. I think that might have been Heaney's th- was that first? one of one of his one of his first, his first games. Yep. It was unreal. Um, but yeah, always great games against the Bombers. Uh, but after that, we went to the G, rolled Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne at that point were pretty up and about. Yep. Thought that they were a decent side, and uh, we. See ya. Said, it. See ya later. Exactly right. Lukey Parker uh, started his run towards the Bob Skilton medal in that game. I felt he, he might have had a couple of good performances before that. He was, he that, was strong. From the Melbourne game onwards, he, he was fantastic yep. leading from the front. Uh, Bud kicked an absolute corker of a goal from the boundary as well. Oh, yes, he did. Um, to, to finish off the Ds. And then another big bomb. Uh, I, I was at that game and he launched a big bomb uh, down towards the city end of the ground. I think it was late in the third quarter. And I thought, oh, we're up by about twenty-five points at that stage. Melbourne's not getting back here. Go, mm-hmm. bud. That's enough. We've, we finished them off and gave a bit of lip to the Melbourne fans, which was fun. <laughs> um, after that, smashed the Gold Coast as you'd expect, and then a great win in Western Sydney against GWS, who did a number on Huge. us in the north 6 run, as we touched on earlier, where they got out to a nice little we got out to a nice little lead and then barely kicked a goal for the rest of the day. But it was a really good response over at Spotless. Paps kick three, I think, bud. Maybe kick three or four uh, as well. Again,
1: and... what was back was that toughness yeah. and that that tenacity that was missing for the first six rounds. And because GWS are a side that is you know, intrinsically tough, they've got guys like Heath Shaw, Toby Green, those real mongrels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we took it right up up to them and uh, and came away with the four points. And that was to me, one of them Yeah, that was a season defining win uh, because they were a premiership favourite and we were still probably far off that.
0: Yeah, uh, we'd just snuck back into the eight at that point, but um, still looked middle of the road. Uh, We're in pretty good nick, but that really solidified that we were one of the form teams of the comp, that went against GWS. Then the Saints came up to the SCG on a Saturday night in July, and big Callum Sinclair booted five, took eight contested marks, uh, now in the top ten of all-time players for most contested marks (laughs) in a game with his eight. Um, and it was a great win uh, against the Saners.
1: I really thought, even, even though he's, he's been in the system for a while, Callum, and I, I've always admired him, um, but I really thought that as a forward, that was his big sort of breakout game. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, was pro- there's probably a game in 2016 against Carlton that he had where he kicked three, Yeah. Um, where he was pretty pretty impressive in that game. But other than that, he hasn't been given... That much opportunity that many opportunities to to be the stay at home forward for a Agreed. full game, um, they gave him the opportunity that night and he repaid the coach 's faith he with, certainly uh, did with magnificent performance, five goals, and um, as you said, a breakout performance is that key forward. He, I'm not sure how much time he'll get to spend in that key forward post this year. we going to have a
1: bit of a different role with, this year, uh, I would say.
0: With the issues with the ruck stocks, but we'll get to that. Um, after the Saints game, another loss to the Hawks, uh, this time at the MCG, and another combative game with them, but they seem to uh, work us out in the second half. Uh, Naismith got crunched in that game, um, uh, running for a mark on, on the back flank, and we planned to have Sinclair as the stay-at-home forward for that game out of the goal square. But when Naismith went down, Sinclair had to go into the ruck. It reshuffled our whole structure. Well, and we weren't able to recover. It's, uh, it
1: was a telling sign for what's to come for 2018, wasn't it?
0: Unfortunately, yes. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: we then thumped Geelong down at the second home ground, headed down there and had we, another win. We
1: tend to always do that, don't we? We, we
0: love going down to Geelong. It's a, it's a good deck for us. We're, we're big fans of the, uh, the uh, narrow... Uh, GMHBA Stadium, as they call it these days.
1: Is that what it's called now? Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Bloody hell. How much they? that pass? Good Lord. They
0: change the name of that place every every couple of years down oh, there. I'm just going to call it kedinya Park. kedinya Park, yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, after that game, we thumped Frio at the SCG. Annihilated um, them. Made Frio look pretty second rate. And then a huge win over in Adelaide, Mads.
1: It was, again, season-defining. Um, because... You're looking at a future grand finalist. You're looking at a team with a absolutely elite midfield and and Ford and and their Ruck Sox as well. And for us to again take it right up to them, this is a team that started zero six. Um, probably again, still this it's just, it follows the same pattern as the GWS game. We were far from touted as premiership favourites, and these guys were. And I mean, Buddy's goal wound back oh, the clock,
0: mate. It One was... of the great injustices in footy last year <laughs> that that wasn't given goal of the year.
1: Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, to run 150 metres, to bugger up the bounce and to have the wherewithal to go back and kick the goal. It, it was abs- I was jumping and screaming at the TV. My girlfriend almost broke up with me.
0: <laughs> he's, he's pretty special, Bud. He can yeah, do that. He is indeed. Um, and following that, we belted Carlton in the last round and I, I was really uh, impressed with Bud's performance again. Ten goals and against... Uh, a player Liam Jones, who the Carlton supporters have been talking up all year, he'd had a pretty good year. He's a good player, Liam Jones, and uh, I've got a couple of mates who are Carlton supporters, and they were all saying, "Oh, Bud, Bud's going to get taken <laughs> down. Liam's going to do a job on him." But um, that wasn't to be, unfortunately for the Carlton supporters, but fortunately for us, Big Bud came out and kicked ten. And he's was only unbelievable.
1: Done, he's only done double digits twice. Um so it was it was good to do it against Carlton. It was. Lower lower Liam Jones's colours.
0: Especially after they'd got us earlier in the year. We had Absolutely. to get, get one back on them and, Absolutely. and Bud, Bud certainly did that. Um after that Carlton game we rolled into finals and Essendon Really didn't know what hit him. Well, Joe uh,
1: Danaher took an absolute hanger, and that was about the only highlight for the day, <laughs> I The
0: first three minutes, uh, they looked pretty good, the Bombers, but <laughs> after, after that, pretty ordinary. And uh, the boys in the back half really controlled the game. The Rampies and Lloyds and uh, Nick Smith... These fellas... Surgical. Off, ...off the back half, just not giving any sort of look-ins to, to the Bombers going forward. And the midfield was up and about. You had your
1: usual suspects, yeah. Parker, Kennedy, Hannabury. Yeah, uh, There were three goals to Sinclair. So he yep. jumped in as well. Towers.
0: Well, Sinclair smashed uh, Michael Hurley, All-Australian fullback. He was named a week <laughs> earlier. Oh, sorry, centre-half back. He was named a week earlier. And then uh, Chief came in and... And knocked him about. But Towers was great as well. Towers is fantastic. Uh, Much maligned. Might might get to Towers a little bit later. I I think he cops a little bit too much flack for the outstanding role that he does perform for us week in, week out.
1: We'll get around him here on the True Bloods.
0: We certainly will. Forder Buddy as well. Uh, Another great performance from him. And, yeah, Essendon, uh, just a little bit bit of class short of the Sydney Swans. Couldn't quite uh, match it with the hardness and the polish and uh, the clinical... Ability of the boys and, and really gave them a, a bit of a bit of a thrashing. Really, and then the we SCG. looked like a
1: different team the next week.
0: Yeah, well, I think we'd pretty much run out of gas at that point.
1: I rolled in, I finished work, I worked not far from the MCG, walked down Swan Scarf on, got a photo with Tony Ch- Tony Jones, big chompers, chompers, which was good. I thought, chomp oh, chomp, oh, we're going to walk into a preliminary final here. And they put danger at full forward, which ruined all my plans.
0: Yeah, well, we didn't really react to that, did we? We, we didn't. We had uh, Rampy, Dane, great player, but uh, down there one on one, and they spread the rest of their forward fifty, isolated danger field yeah. the goal square, and we didn't make uh, too many too many plans to help out Dane. We or, do that
1: often, don't we? I feel.
0: Well, as Dermot was saying in the opening stinger, um, horse backs our, our game plan um, to. To the end, they're... you know what you're going to get with us,
1: yeah. Um, and we, we just rely on the fact that we are so trained and and so surgical at, at executing it that uh, sometimes. But oh, I just think we we needed to to put someone back there. Rampy was getting absolutely murdered. Grundy couldn't run with Dangerfield to save his life.
0: Let's see. The majority of the time it works, but yeah. Um, opposition coaches that are, that are cluey and can work their way around our system. Um, can, can poke holes through it. so. Uh, Alistair Clarkson and Clarkson, Chris Scott. <laughs> Scott. Yep, yeah, they were the two last year that were able to do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, dis- disappointing to go out in that fashion. Dangerfield, as we said, dominated. Motlop was mighty impressive out of the middle, played probably the best game of his career in that game with lucky us. Um, yeah.
1: Decides to uh, just just pull on the boots for the one game. Go into well. fifth
0: gear for, for the only yeah. game of his career, but you know, good on you, Mots. Um, but it, yeah, it was, wasn't our best night. But as I said, completely run out of petrol by that point. And it was a great effort, a brave effort to come back from where we were at not six to get to where we got to in a semi final, when everyone Huge. was everyone was riding us off um, at round five, round six, and all, you know all, all of my mates who don't go for Sydney were, were giving giving me a bit of stick. And
1: I remember I was at um, I went to a nightclub called Boney. Um after uh, after the Carlton game. I was obviously quite deflated. Um, and I was at the bar, I was standing at the bar about to order a drink and this, this woman comes up to me, mm. um, she comes up to me and she goes, oh, hello. She sounded foreign. So I'll do, oh, hello, hello. And I was like, uh, hello, what do you want? We just got beaten by Carlton. I don't really want to talk to anyone. She goes, um, um, I'm Owen. I'm like, you're, you're what? She's like, I'm Owen. I'm like what? She's like, Owen six. Ugh, I,
0: get stuck.
1: I look. I turn to my right and I see a mate of mine pissing himself. He just sent her over to do that, and I would have gone home. Oh, it was it was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. So I'm glad we got up the next week. But seriously, after after we beat Essendon, I I was thinking we're going to do this. We're of course, we're the team. We're going to be the fairy tale this year, not Western Bulldogs, not Richmond. It's going to be our fairy tale. We're going to come back and we're going to win the flag. Um, So that's why the the Geelong game to go out like that, to not really even be competitive um, was really disappointing.
0: But that being said, still a great year, still, still a mighty performance. Phenomenal effort. Uh, And, and what would you say if, if you took one thing away, uh, that you learnt about the 2017 season and the Sydney Swans in 2017, what would it be, mate?
1: Well, I think you and I discussed this before. I think it's just the resilience. I mean, if if you didn't know it before, you you're constantly reminded of the fact that you cannot ever. Uh, somebody said that at the start of the show, I do believe, so you can't ever count us out, and and that's what
0: you can it, never ever ever write us off. Yeah, correct, correct,
1: um, and that's that's what we were reminded of. So that's that's certainly the the best thing to take from a season like that
0: well after the break we're going to get stuck right into the 2018 season that is quickly quickly happening now yeah it's just about to get started and uh, we'll have everything Sydney Swans after this break on True Bloods
1: you're listening to True Bloods the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast You're back on True Bloods, the soon-to-be number one Sydney Swans supporter podcast. I'm Madison Clark. Tommy, um, since it is the first episode, it's probably imperative that we just advise these listeners of who we are. Can you can you tell me a bit of a bit of an intro per se? Um, can you advise our listeners why why you're a Swan, Tommy?
0: Okay, so. When I was a kid, don't hate me for this, uh, I was a Carlton supporter. Bloody hell. Born into a Carlton family with Carlton parents and Carlton grandparents. Good
1: Lord almighty. Uh,
0: But... Luckily enough, a a saviour came along and got me out of there.
1: Who was the saviour?
0: Benny Matthews, former Sydney Swans Premiership player, 198 game, uh, former rotational captain in 2005. Benny Matthews. I wasn't expecting it, Zay, the great Benny Matthews. The great Benny Matthews, number four, the man who wouldn't give back Plugger his jumper when he he came back in 2002. Very staunch on the number four. He liked his number four. Um, So Benny is my mum's cousin's son. So Benny's. Uh, Dad, Roger, mum's direct uh, cousin. I'm sure you can find a better way to explain that. I'll probably can. <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: Okay, so a fam- bit of a family connection there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, when Ben got drafted, um, he started playing games. He played his first game in 97, uh, but it was just a one-off game. He started playing games uh, properly in the senior team regularly in 1999, and that's when I started going to Swans games. And after the game we'd often spend time with Ben's family when they were down in Melbourne they are based yep. in Corowa um, so when they'd come down to Melbourne they'd spend time with us and we got invited into the rooms um, after, after a few of Ben's early games in 99 and so from that point on I pretty much went to the rooms every Swans game in Melbourne and, and was rubbing shoulders with Paul Kelly and Plug a locket and goodsy and and so from that point on had no real interest in supporting Carlton anymore. I, was I can a understand that fully fledged that. Swan and um, yeah they, they were fantastic times and I was able to bask in that uh, for pretty much all of Benny's career, which very grateful Wonderful. for the fact that he played because I got to experience some some great things.
1: So you were there for 05?
0: I was. I was down in the rooms after 05. It's one of the greatest experiences of my life. Still at this point, just a fifteen year old kid and unbelievable, uh, unreal. Leo Barry's mark and then walk straight down to the rooms. Went in, saw Benny. He's got his medal. Got to touch a premiership medal for the first time as a 15 year old kid. So huge. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty epic at, at that age um, to be doing that sort of stuff. So from that point on, yeah, just a fully fledged Swan. How about yourself, Matt? Well,
1: <coughs> I probably get in the same regard that you do now, being a, a Sydney supporter. The the, uh, the uneducated uh, casual AFL fan would go, "Are you from Sydney? No, certainly not." Um, I think I'm about fourth generation uh, South Melbourne Bloods man. So my um, my grandpa grew up with Bobby Skilton running past his house to cool. go to training. Um, so that's how entrenched it is in the Clark family. Um, fairly uh, fairly happy with that outcome, to be honest. Um, I I grew to grew to absolutely adore them, even though it was weird when I was young. at... At school, no one else barracked for Sydney, but uh, but but I love it. I love it. I, lo- I love that club so much, and um, I'm so happy to uh, my my grandpa. God rest his soul. Um, in in the last couple of days when he was sick, he sort of reminded me. He's like, you you don't know how lucky you are. You really don't because I oh, probably wasn't in the last couple of days. It was probably in the last couple of years. He just made a real point of saying you're very very lucky to uh to have experienced all this success because he went through it without seeing a flag
0: uh, years. for
1: for a bloody long time so I um you know my, my grandpa's very important to me and the bloods were very important to him so um I'm glad uh, glad to be able to pass it on through, through the family you
0: know, I, I'm the same mate. I, I, don't obviously have that long family bloodline that you do, go, go back generation after generation. But I couldn't be happier to be a Sydney Swans fan. It's it's one of the great things in my life.
1: Well, I mean, who, I mean, you've been a been a fan for a while now. Who was your favourite past player? Can I have two? Uh, yes.
0: Well, when I started out, Paul Kelly was at the Swans. He was just finishing Paul- up and. Even in his twilight years, when he was doing his hamstring, pretty much every time he played, he was unbelievable. Um, he, he freak. One of still one of the greatest players I've ever seen. Um, Captain courageous. There's, you know, there was no one more. He, he won. He won the most courageous player. Um, in the comp, I think it was a chunky. Campbell, Campbell suit, <laughs> of the Year or whatever it was called back in the day. Um, and I think he won that four or five times, Kel, and he was just amazing to watch. Do you know what the shocking
1: thing about Kelly is, though? Because people our age who didn't necessarily follow the Bloods or kids younger than us, will, there's, there's very little uh, highlights packages very limited. of him on YouTube. But what I can tell you listening to this podcast, we've found some. We've got some. And we're going to be releasing a lot of it. The so Paul Kelly archive. Stay tuned because there's bugger all out there. And it's it's really annoying. There's sometimes when I'm, you know, a bit bored. Of Paul Kelly highlights, nothing there.
0: Yep, keep your eyes peeled on the True Bloods Facebook page and Instagram pages. There'll be some Paul Kelly. Out. Absolutely. Uh, and the other one would be Adam Goods. Um, uh, after Kel retired, there uh, had to be someone else to take the mantle of, <laughs> of my favourite player. And he did that pretty quickly, a couple of Brownlows, a couple of premierships, um, one of the most incredible players to watch, um, like a gazelle roaming across uh, the SCG. It's and like every from another planet, wasn't he? he He was
1: just absolutely phenomenal.
0: Well, he was part of changing the the role of the modern day midfielder, really. Um, you look at midfielders today, the Bontempele's and the Nat Fife's and these sort of players, they're all in that. Goods' mould, and he, yep. he, along with probably Kuda fetis they were the first sort of... Tall and athletic. They are the first ones of that yeah. type. And uh, so, skillful. so skillful. Unbelievably skillful. Unbelievably skillful. And a, a more Goodsy to come on the on the uh, social pages as well. More Goodsy Oh, there'll ones. be
1: a lot of Goodsy highlights. And I also want to make a point in saying that Adam Goods retired from our great game, and he retired in, I would say, disgraceful. Horrific circumstances. Horrific circumstances. Um, and we're certainly, I don't think there's been enough, there's been obviously a lot talked about, but I don't think there's been enough critical analysis on how that happened. And we're going to deliver that this year yeah, at it, some point.
0: It Certainly at some point. I just point, want to make that clear. We're going to cover that. And uh, yeah, it was an absolute shocking thing. One of, worst, one of the worst things in footy, uh, the way that Goodsy went out. Yeah. And we will be addressing that. Two-time
1: premiership, two-time Brownlow winner. To go out like that was appalling.
0: And uh, what, so he's he's my other favourite pass player apart from Paul Kelly. Who's your favourite player, Mads? Oh,
1: see, I, I love I love mongrels. I love I love Tough men. I've, I think that's cause that's that's what I see the Bloods culture as as being about. And when Tony Lockett left, I thought because oh, I used to love Pugger, but um, a gentleman named Barry Hall. Big bustling Barry oh, Hall. Oh yes. I adored that man. I think he is... He was just unbelievable, wasn't he? Premiership he, captain. He, he, well, he was a premiership captain. Um, he was a premiership captain. His leads were just sensational. He was quick for a big man. He'd dance around people. It was so good watching him play. And, I mean, you can't get past how accurate he was.
0: Well, everyone remembers him for being the big brute Barry Hall, yeah. who used to whack people. But he was quick. He He was athletic, he was mobile, he had the safest hands, he had a dynamite set shot. And he'd ruck in the forward line. He would, yeah, and that that gave us heaps. That gave us plenty. Yeah, give Um, Jason
1: Ball and Darren Jolly a rest. It was
0: an extra element that other sides just didn't have, that big hulking full forward slash ruck option. Yeah, incredible, Baz, the way he went about it. People talk about the likes of Favola and Lloyd and, and these sort of guys that, you know, flunking the ball at fifty and then going back from fifty five, sixty to take the big set shot. Barry was just as good as those blokes every
1: day of the week. Um, so he's he's my favourite pass buyer, to be honest. And what about um, current? Who, who would who would my man be? Who would your man um, be? Your well, man. I just, in the... I just mentioned. That I like the Mongols. I do like the Mongols, Tommy. Got another and Mongrel for me. I've got another Mongol. Zach Jones. Oh, Zach attack! I thought he was. That was the most important signing. Last year was it last year? Yep, well, yeah, it was last year. Most important signing. You don't let a player like that go. You you need that sort of grunt. Sam Naismith offers it as well. Yep. but we don't have him now. Yep.
0: So he's you gonna need have to do enough work for two now, Zach.
1: Well, that's the thing, and he's only little, but I'm sure he'll get the job done. Yep. He he. Every time there's any sort of scuffle, he's just there with this big cheeky grin on his face, and I, it, there's something about he butchers it by foot. He absolutely butchers it by foot. He's got to learn to kick. <laughs> but, he's working on it. He's working on it. But, uh, yeah, he's he's my man. He's, he's there when you need him. What, what about yours?
0: Oh, well, I've got a little bit of a conflict of interest with, with my man, uh, as, we're, as we're calling it in the in the current Sydney Swan Squad. I used to go to school with, we mentioned him earlier, uh, Cal Sinclair, the big chief. Chieftain. Um, big chieftain. Um, went to school with him um, for six years through high school and uh, watched his development closely uh, with uh, Collingwood and Port Melbourne in the VFL and then Subiaco in the Waffle and then West Coast and now with us at, at the Swans. And he's developed from... Well, when he started as a, as a youngster, he was a natural key forward, natural lead-up centre-half forward key forward and um, had to develop other strings to his bow to get drafted. Went over to the West, learned how to When did he get drafted? What age? So Cal would have been... Twenty four? No, twenty three. I think that's yeah. See, so that's becomes. late. Yeah, it's pretty late. It's pretty late. Um, and and he'd taken the long road, um, and, and I'm hoping that um by being drafted late probably gives him a few extra years on the back end. Um, but yeah, he had to uh, alter his game and turn himself into a combative ruckman to mm. give himself a chance of getting drafted. He yeah. did that over in the Waffle prior to going to Perth uh, to play Waffle Footy with Subiaco. He hadn't done much ruck work at all. He'd just been that lead-up forward for... for
1: really? His, so, school footy school and everything? School here. footy,
0: Port Melbourne, uh, Collingwood. He'd just been well, that, there you go. that natural lead-up forward and then okay. really developed into that combative ruckman over at Subiaco and then furthermore at West Coast, helping out Nick Nat and Lycett and now finds himself at the Swans where we're, fin- we're finally last year, as we mentioned in that St Kilda game, we were able to use him in that key forward role which he's so naturally strong at, has so much natural ability with... Um, But he has turned himself into that really dependable, versatile versatile and Mm -hmm. dependable physical big man who gives it a crack every week. Um, You can always depend on sinkers for giving 120 minutes of effort. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I was really happy
1: when he came from West Coast. I was really, really happy. I've always really liked him.
0: I feel like we've won that trade.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He just hasn't. Jeddah hasn't gotten to the heights, has he? Yeah,
0: well, we don't, want to, don't want to speak too soon with us playing them this weekend. Uh, hope, oh, hopefully. I, I do, Tommy. I do. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully That's the Jets... difference
1: between you and I, Tommy. Hopefully, I do want to speak too hopefully soon. Hopefully,
0: Jet stays a little bit quiet for hopefully. us this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, Cal. Cal is, um, or Big Chief, as, as we've always called him, is my man in the we'll, Sydney Swans. We'll just
1: quickly go through it, and we'll touch on these later. Favourite moment from history?
0: Uh, Hannah Brita malchewski left foot snap. 2012.
1: Okay. I believe it's your profile picture on Facebook. Can't beat it. it. Yeah. Can't beat it. All right. Mine's Nick Davis. Nick Hands Davis. Hands down. Nick Hands D- down.
0: And both of us have left off Leo Barry Ustar.
1: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> all right. I think that's the obvious choice. It is. Oh, I think that's the obvious choice. I'm wearing a T-shirt about it now. Um, greatest one from history.
0: Greatest one from history. Uh, I've got to go Skilt. He's, really he's, he's, that, he's the obvious call, but yeah. three-time Brownlow medalist, they don't grow on trees. You, don't, you do don't find not, too many of them. I'd say goods. Yeah, goods is... If it's not skills, it is yep. goods. It is yep. goods. Uh, there's so many to fight for it, though. I, I tried to think about our greatest players the other day. I was doing a little bit of a brainstorm, and you look at the the Bob Pratt's and the Freddie Goldsmith's and the Tony Lockets and Greg Williams and Jared Healy and... You know Josh Kennedy these days, um, Buddy Franklin. There's, there's that many superstars. Paul Kelly, Mick O'Loughlin, Adam Goods. Yeah, no, I can I can keep going, yeah. but um, <laughs> rilling off the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, it, but it is it is tough to pick one. But yeah, Goods and Skilton would be right there.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, what we'll do. That's a bit about us. So there you go. What we'll do when we come back, we're going to really get stuck into the 2018 season because it is fast approaching. In fact, it started. And we're going to come back to you and we're going to go through the whole ruck conundrum. We're going to go through Tippett retiring. It's a big year for the Chief and Darcy Cameron, and we're going to touch on all that when we come back on True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast.
0: To True Bloods now, Mads. We're gonna get into a little bit of uh, social interaction here with our uh, Facebook and Instagram following, and got a got a question that we posed earlier today to our, our followers on the True Bloods page. Uh, which new blood are you most excited to see in season 2018, and why? And we've got a few responses from we the did, uh, didn't we from the pundits that we've got on the uh, on the True Bloods page, and um. I'm going to read a few of those out to you now. That would be absolutely unbelievable. So Paul Engelinner said, I uh, can't wait to see Matthew Ling breaking lines with his blinding pace. That one from Paul. Huge, uh, Paul. Ollie Healy says, uh, Stoddart, I'm going to love his run and disposal. Off he's, the going line. he's going Stoddart, to be huge, Stoddart, isn't he? He's going to be great, Riley. We'll, we'll touch on uh, his background in a moment when we do a preview of 2018. Uh, Michael,
1: McCut- no, that would be Michael McMahon. Um, said he was also very impressed with Riley Stoddart.
0: And Diane Graham says McCartan looks exciting, the next big power forward. And uh, we're, we're all very excited about Tommy it could McCartan. could well be. He could what, well be. What he's about to do. Um,
1: well, let's get stuck into 2018 because we're here. It's, it's happening as we speak.
0: The season is upon us.
1: It is. Um, it's been a bit of a strange one because at the start, I was very excited, probably around... Sort of Christmas time. I was very excited to see what Tippett does this year because I, I think it was a very, going to be a very very big year for him, and to to see him retire, um, I was pretty disheartened because he's much maligned as as we all know, and I've always been a staunch defender of uh, Kurt Tippett. Um, I think the the way he's carried himself yeah, in his time with the Bloods has been tremendous, um, especially under such scrutiny. What what do you think?
0: Yeah, he's. Unfairly maligned. Uh, Too many people uh, willing to sink the boots into Kurt Tippett without a full understanding of of how much effort he's actually put in. He plays through
1: injuries. He he does. It's it's the club before anything else um, for Kurt Tippett, and I think people don't really understand that. The only problem being is when you've got a Kurt Tippett uh, playing through injury, you're only getting really 10% of him, um, which is the problem, and that's why it was such
0: an issue. But it, it was a selfless move from Kurt, Kurt to uh, become that injury-prone player. Really, we <laughs> we, um, we lost Mike Pike a little bit earlier than we probably thought that we were going yep. to. He retired um, uh, pro- probably know, six months before we, we thought it might happen, and um, Kurt was thrust into that ruck role. Uh, we, we were a bit top-heavy in the forward half with Reed and Franklin had come across um, in 2014, and well, it put
1: occurred in a position where he came to the Swans as the billboard Ford, the the man. And when Buddy came, um, you know, it overshadowed him, obviously, a little bit. So he had two options. He could let his ego take over and have a sook, or he could be agile and be adaptive and, and turn himself into a different player, which he did. People forget he was... Uh, in all Australian form as a ruckman, 2016, first half of 2016.
0: Yeah, Gorn was the All Australian ruckman that year, but I'd say at round 12 before Kurt got injured, he was right on par. 100. It was it was unbelievable that year, and that's the thing with Kurt. We've seen his best footy in bursts. The start of his time with the Swans in 2013, after he served the trade ban or whatever that was with Adelaide. Very strange. I'm not sure what that was. Mm. Um, but after that, I think it was the back. Ten or eleven rounds of that twenty thirteen season, Huge. he monstered the comp. He was a leading goal kicker in that period of time. In those last ten or eleven rounds, kick forty goals. And he was
1: untouchable. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Just clunking marks, kicking goals. It was. It was vintage Kurt Tippett. Tippet, um, and people just sunk the boots into him.
0: Uh, yeah, unfortunately, going to the ruck ruined his legs, um, and, and led to his eventual retirement and on field demise because his body couldn't eventually it couldn't cope with the the rigors of twenty eighteen professional footy, but he's you know, he's too maligned for, well, for the yeah. player that he was. He was if he wasn't on that's the thing about Kurt. If he wasn't on the salary that he's on, no one would say anything no, about it. No, that's the thing. If if, if, if he, he was on,
1: on seven hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: Yeah, if he was on five hundred K a year, everyone would be going, Oh Kurt Tippett, what a great player. No what problem. an awesome player. But He's getting he,
1: value for money, right? Because, you know, he gets injured and he'll sometimes Bob up and kick three goals.
0: But because of his salary, the pundits, you know, justify their opinions that he's no good and he's overrated yeah. and overpaid and but uh, he should be shouldn't be as maligned as he as he was, Kurt.
1: And the loss of Kurt is, I guess, compounded by the fact that we've now lost Sam Naismith.
0: Yeah, it's devastating that we've lost Sam. He as you mentioned uh, in an earlier segment about Zach Jones, Sam really is that <laughs> enforcer.
1: He's 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 very funny. He he loves a scrap, and yeah. that's what we're going to miss.
0: He's a he's a big physical man, and and he goes to whack in for the boys every week. Every time there's a scuffle, just like Zach, he's there at the front of it, and we are going to miss that a lot. We're going to need that from someone else uh, this year, and it not just on the physical side, but obviously in the ruck, it leaves a massive hole.
1: But I mean, look at the end at the end of the day, we had a ruck conundrum. We now arguably have a bigger ruck conundrum.
0: Yeah, well. Now, the ruck conundrum becomes a lot simpler. Um, it, well, sort of. It, it was a massive conundrum, not knowing, you know, which of Tippett, Sinclair, Naismith were going to play. Um, now it's pretty clean cut. Sinclair's going to play every week. Yeah,
1: 100%. He will um, be playing every game.
0: And the, the uh, other players who may accompany him in his ruck role this year, well, it's open to interpretation at this point. We haven't played a game yet. It uh, really
1: depends who you speak to because some people will straight up say Towers and some people say Alier Alier. I reckon they're all going to play a role. Some
0: people straight up say Darcy Cameron. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's a variety of options. Uh, Tom Harley had uh, a few words just touching on that, uh, I think, earlier in the week in the Swans website injury update. We'll just have a little bit of a listen to that audio now. Yeah, a- a- Leer, um He rolled his ankle in the same game that Callum Sinclair did. Um, They've been rehabbing together. He's slightly behind Callum, so um, look, we'll test him on Thursday to see what his weekend looks like this weekend. Um, With regards to where he plays, um, one of the great, uh, I guess, attributes he's got is his flexibility. Um, The ruck roll's clearly changing. Not having Tippett and Naismith has forced us to rethink a few things, so that could be something for him, but primarily we see him as a key defender. That was Tom Harley, the soon-to-be CEO and current footy ops manager at the Swans with just noting towards Aaliyah Aaliyah and, and his flexibility and maybe his chances of, of jumping into the ruck this year and helping out. Sinking. Well, I
1: see him as a key defender, but I mean, you have to be agile. These days, and uh, I think to we'll, be adaptable, absolutely, I think we'll see him doing a, a lot of the ruck work. Maybe even down back. Maybe in a scenario where, if it goes down back, lira will take it.
0: But if there's know. no way to squeeze him into the de- defence and he still wants a game, that is possibly a way for him to get in. Absolutely, the
1: spot, if he's if he still keeps the form of last year, which I don't think he will, to be honest. I think he'll be hungrier this year, and I think he'll get a spot. But if he's still struggling to get a spot, that
0: will be it. that will be a, a way in for him. Uh, Cameron's the other one, Darcy Cameron. Um, he looked all right in the in the He, JLT. Looked, he looked pretty good, um, but he's obviously very raw. Um, he's can't can't ruck the he's, whole season, yeah. um, but he's going to be in there in bits and pieces, Darcy Absolutely. Cameron. And, and we'll get to see what he's all about at some point throughout the year. Very excited to see what Darcy has to offer. But it's my it's mainly on Cal, isn't it? It's it's it's
1: a big year for him.
0: It's sinkers and whoever can help him. Yeah, um, correct. It's it's not as if we've. It's going to be Sinkers and Cameron sharing fifty percent of the load. It's going to be Cal doing a lot of work and everyone else sort of chipping in here and there where required.
1: Absolutely. Now, tell me. I mean, there's a few players that have had, I guess, question marks over them um, over over the journey. I'd say Sam Reid's one of them. Yep. What What are your thoughts on Sam? What's his? Where do you see him in two thousand and eighteen? What's his role? What can he offer?
0: Well, prior to the Naismith injury, I probably would have said um, Sam's good in that role where he's maneuverable and horse can put him wherever the team needs him. He was
1: a bit of a swing man, wasn't he?
0: Exactly. Go back, go forward, go to the wing and be that marking target, pinch hit in the ruck. Um, And that was useful for us last year and and possibly the best thing for the team having Sam in that role. But now that Naismith's gone down, you feel like he has to... Be in that key forward post, which I think a lot of us have wanted to see him in for, for many years now. And now he gets a, you know, twenty five round season, a full crack at at full forward. Because you don't forward. have Tippett there anymore, either. exactly. No Tippett and Sinclair, who played there last year, is going to be in the ruck. Um, maybe Reed helps him out. Maybe they rotate a little bit. Sinclair goes to full forward, and Reed's go- Reed goes in the ruck occasionally. But I'd say that's probably. Um, it's more likely that Reed is the forward and Sinclair yep. is the ruckman most yep. of the it time. Could,
1: again, it could be the making of Sam. Sam's been, again, much maligned, and I've been a critic of Sam Reed's. to be honest. I think he's got that much potential. His ability to mark is unsurpassed yep. in the team, as far as I'm concerned, to take a contested mark. He's he's very good. There's it a couple needs... of
0: good marks in the team, but overhead, he's just so athletic, yeah, Sam.
1: Yeah, it's a basketball background. Um, he just hasn't been able to... Get consistency on well, that.
0: Well, we don't see the best of Sam Reid every week, but I think a lot of that is to do to do with his role and being manoeuvred around by horse wherever the team needs him, as opposed to being that permanent stay-at-home forward, which we know that he he can excel in as a younger player. You know, he's a twenty-year-old premierships and a half forward in in twenty twelve, and was fantastic in that position as as a youngster. But absolutely, since then he's been manoeuvred around a lot. I'm really excited to see him in that stay at home position this year.
1: Yeah, well just, just get comfortable. So um that that'll be interesting. Now Aliyah, we touched on before, is another one. He missed a training session last year. It was talked about a great deal. What's the plan for for him? I mean, we mentioned that it's it's a good way in if he's still struggling for a spot. That ruck roll, as we said before, is a really good way in.
0: Well that's if he's not if not playing with the Level in, of intensity that is required from him that we saw a couple of years ago. Absolutely, then that's probably the only way in for him, and it is a good way in for him because he, the the risk that he play with, plays with, is it's not going to be so damaging for us um, when he when he's in the ruck as opposed to running off half back. If he makes a mistake at half back, we're in strife. If you if he makes a mistake being using too much flair, which we know that he likes to do, uh, that's not going to hurt us as much out of the middle because he does have support around him. And and if you just give him the role of run and jump at the opposition best Ruckman and give it a crack, do your best, that may be the way for a leader to get into the team. But if he does uh, up the effort um, and get back to that level that he had a couple of years ago, then there's certainly a spot for him in the back half or even on the wing. Um, Another interesting one is Gary Rowan. A lot of, a lot of uh, people talk about Gary Rowan and his big game performances. What do you all He Well,
1: he doesn't turn up, does he?
0: Unfortunately not.
1: He doesn't ever, ever turn up. E- every grand final, he's been very average. and most finals, he's been pretty poor. And, I mean, obviously, I, I rate him very highly. He's always been... I've always had a, a soft spot for him. His pace is just... Uh, this is a man who's had chronic knee issues, and he still comes back with exactly the same pace, which is fantastic, but... He just doesn't stand up. He's not there when you need him. I mean, even after he kicked that goal against Essendon to win the game, the very next week against Melbourne, I think he missed like five shots in a row in the first quarter. And it was just like, are you looking at the same player? So I don't know what the future holds for Gary. What do you think?
0: Well, I I think as well, this may be an out. I'm I'm finding an out for Gary here, but similar to Reedy, he has been manoeuvred around a lot as well, Gaz. He's been that lead up third forward occasionally. He's been the wingman um, using his pace. Uh, he's been a uh, half wingman, half half forward uh, yep. sort of role before. They've even used him in the back half running out of defence. So um, that may have stilted his, um, not quite his development because he's already developed, but probably his consistency, may have stilted his consistency being manoeuvred around so much over the last couple of years. But we've seen in... he, he He hasn't performed in those big grand finals that that we speak of, but you you look at the games last year against Richmond, against Essendon, he was there in the clutch moments and and helped us win the games. Absolutely. You just don't
1: see it enough from him. He's in our best 22 by all means. I I wholeheartedly agree. It's just he needs to, I think, for everybody to really rate him because you see, much like Sam Reid, much like Kurt Tippett, people sink the boots into him very quickly to prevent people from doing that. He just needs to string a few of those performances together, I think.
0: You want to see him have a big game against GWS away or or Adelaide in Adelaide. You know, one of those sort of contests, you you really want to see him take it by the scruff of the neck and be the best player on the ground that we we know he can be when he's at his best. You know, when he's at his best, he'll kick three, four, five goals and and break a game apart. But we'd love to see it in those big games uh, with Gary. Another one who was in the side towards the end of, uh, last year, and, and is probably on the cusp of selection this year, whether he gets a game in round one, I'm not sure, is Harry Cunningham. And very quick as well. He is very quick. He's, he's very quick, and he's versatile. He can play as a small forward, snappy goal. Loves a goal. Play off, play loves off the a wing. Goal. He can run off half-back and be a, be a piece to our defence. Um, April 2016, we signed him to a three-year deal. A few months later, we play in the 2016 grand final. He gets left out. And there are players playing injured in that game. Very um,
1: strange move, I thought.
0: And and you, you have to wonder, if you sign him to 2019 and then you're playing injured blokes ahead of him in the biggest games of the year, you wonder where he sits in the pecking order um, of the coaches. After um, a good start last year, he had a foot injury to his right yes. foot um, and, and missed the, the bulk of the middle part of the season. Yes. came back for finals. Um, but where, where do you see Harry? Do you see him in the 22 or is he still... I hope
1: so because he's got that, he's got blistering pace and he loves a goal um, and he's again very versatile but you just, you probably
0: think there's a couple of guys that could go ahead of him. Well, what do you think? A couple of guys who perform well in the JLT. Well, let's have a look at the fringe uh, players in our, our side that are on the cusp of, of regular selection. Well, that's but... the thing and they're a lot younger. They are (laughs) than Harry, unfortunately. And one one of those younger players is Oli Florent, um, and he he's going to look to break inside. Very clever, oozes talent, skill, ability. um, But is he is he ready for the rigors of you know big bodied AFL players crashing into him every week?
1: You saw him in um, which game? Did you watch him in that you found that he potentially looked a little bit off the pace? I
0: Pretty sure that was our um, inter-club unofficial match against the Giants, our first yep. hit out of the right. year. And he was, he was a little bit behind the pace. I, I thought he
1: looked pretty good when we moved into the JLT. Yep. Um, I think he just needs to put on a little bit more size and he'll be fine. He's still, he's still very little, but he's pretty slick, isn't he, skill-wise?
0: Yeah, the only worry over him is whether he can, you know, put out a full year against those bigger bodies. Yep, absolutely. Um, but the the talent is definitely there. Uh, Robbie Fox, you saw a fair bit of him in the JLT. Saw he's a improved. fair bit of
1: Robbie. Saw a fair bit of Robbie. A um, bit of depth in the midfield. I think he can come through there. Bit, bit, bit of a bigger body, um, and he's got some pace as well. But, uh, time, time will tell. I think you know. Who said we didn't have a, a lot of depth? Uh, Terry was Terry it?
0: Wallace. Terry Wallace earlier. In the I week. think we've got depth. No, I think Ro-
1: depth. Robbie Fox is is one of those people that that
0: can come through.
1: Um, when, when others need a spell through the midfield. And he, he looks ready-made. He only, He's only played about five games, I think.
0: He's combative. He, he seems to have gone up a little bit in pace and you noted his composure was, was impressive in the JLT. Yeah,
1: yeah. he, he looked, looked pretty calm, whereas in other games I've seen him play, he's looked a bit lost. So, it, it, time will tell. I, I think he'll come in come in and play a few more games this year. Another one
0: trying to push into the side is Harry Marsh, another one who was left out of that 2016 grand final for for a couple of unfit players. Great uh,
1: endeavour from Harry all the time.
0: He's very disciplined. He's a, yeah. he's a very solid lockdown defender. He's not the most skilled guy on the park, but he's diligent in that Neither lockdown was Brett position. Exactly right. <laughs> um, and I think in the JLT series, he, he's looked a lot more assured and composed with ball in hand. He... he um, there were no occasions where he seemed overawed and coughed up the footy in the JLT series. And, and I feel like that's, that's really, what you import, want. really important for him.
1: Yep. Absolutely because get a bit wants, of confidence up.
0: If he wants to be a consistent player in the senior side, he, he had to find that. And I think he has in his JLT. And I, I, watch out for Harry. He'll he'll be in the side at some point during the year.
1: And then you've got Stoddart.
0: Well, Stoddart, yeah, well the the new players in the side, there's uh, there's a couple of them headlined by that man, Stoddart. and. Wasn't he fantastic in the JLT series? Just a breath of fresh air.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Had a bit of uh, Jaden Hunt about him, the way, the way he sort of swanned around the flanks. Um, I, I think he's somebody who could potentially take Harry Cunningham's spot.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's a very good point. He's quick. He's just got as, He's got as much pace as Harry. Uh, very poised, uh, medium to small-sized defender, running off half-back from the Eastern Rangers. Our pick 53 in the draft. Um, Very clean and neat with ball in hand and and good pace, as I mentioned.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting. So who do you feel will have the breakout, Tommy? I mean, everybody, there's always one, at least one who has the breakout. Who do you think it'll be for 2018?
0: Well, I love George Hewitt. I'm a massive fan of George. Um, He's going to be a great player. Finished fifth in the best and fairest last year. Won the Dennis Carroll Trophy for the most improved player of the club. And he's going to be one to watch this year. I reckon he's going to go up another level again. He's going to be having more midfield minutes. And he had an outstanding JLT series. Uh, probably our yeah. best player in the JLT. Yeah. So um, look out for George to take that next step again. Yep. I think. Um, if we look at a couple of the other ins and outs. You mentioned start out before. There's also McCartan. McCartan. Um, Brother of Paddy McCartan from St Kilda. Strong marking, mobile forward. And he he was very impressive in in the JLT match that he played. Kicked a nice goal from 45 under pressure, uh, which is good to see. And Matthew Ling as well, the first pick. We haven't seen him yet. Didn't play in the pre-season matches, but uh, from the DeLong Falcons, 18-year-old, lightning fast and uh, has great vision and clean hands, apparently.
1: They're the blokes on the park. We've had a few handy ins um, in the coaching side of things as well.
0: We certainly have. Dean Cox... Huge. Big uh, premiership uh, winning Ruckman, Dean Cox, All-Australian on multiple occasions. Five-time All-Australian. Club Jason Ferris winner. Oh, I hated him. Gee. He, uh, but I love him now. Uh, yeah, I didn't didn't like him too much when, when uh, West Coast beat us in 06, but I love love it that he's with us now.
1: Speaking of people I used to hate, Stevie J.
0: Stevie J, there's another one. C- couldn't stand him. Uh just a few months ago, but now I'm all about him,
1: all about Stevie J. Jeremy Laidler also uh, decided to retire, and he's going to become a developmental coach, which will be great.
0: Yep, he's going to do some great work with the Neafil. He'd be um, still in the transition of coming from player to coach. he still sort of feel part of the playing group, uh, Lads. but um, he's, he's going to be a good one for the development. And Ty Canelli, a favourite. One of my favourites. 2005 Premiership player, the Irishman, he is back, and he, uh, he had a few words to the Swans media team a couple of weeks ago. Let's uh, have a listen to what Tyg had to say. I've done a bit of coaching, and coaching on the rating level, state level, for the last couple of years in the national comp, and it kind of got the, the juices going about where I wanted to go. And um, I really put, you know, just said, you know what, I want to coach, and uh, went after it a bit, and um, here I am. It's, uh, it's quite exciting. It's, it's, I suppose it's strange in a way for people to understand as an Irishman teaching Australian people how to play the game of AFL football, but... I'm quite passionate about the game. I've uh, had a great apprenticeship, obviously, for for a long period of time. So let's see if I can a- offer some value to what you know in the development department that we've got. Great to hear from Ty Canelli. How good to have him back. Oh, it's a- awesome to have Ty back in the fold, and all of those coaches that we mentioned uh, before. That audio clip there. Um, moving on to round one, and the West Coast Eagles over at the new Perth Stadium. Last time we met the Eagles, round four at Subiaco last year, Hayward's first game. We touched on it a little bit earlier in the 2017 review, but we're a little bit sloppy in that contest and, and uh, weren't at our best, uh, the likes of Elliot Yo and Shannon Hearn, uh, Jeremy McGovern took plenty of intercept marks. I hate the, the Eagles. Uh,
1: I hate the Eagles and I hope we're going to belt them. Uh,
0: likewise here, mate. The, uh Hopefully we can get the better of, of those, uh, those Nick boys who Na- got on play? top of us last time. Nick, Na- that, well, that's a big question. He'll be uh, underdone. If he does, that's a bit of a worry for us with our, our ruck situation. Um, love to see Sinclair going head-to-head with Lysett, his, yeah. his old mate. Um, but what a rivalry. You just touched on how much we hate them. Back back uh, between 04 and 09 around that period. there it was about 13
1: points, oh. I think, that,
0: eight or nine games were decided by. Yeah, eight or nine games in a row where the average is about two and a half points a margin uh, in all of those games. Um, yeah, so many great memories. Mickey O uh, running in and... and that was giving, one of my favourite moments. If I, the if I couldn't
1: say Nick Davis, it was that one because that was just phenomenal. It was an absolute team goal.
0: One of, one of the great moments in footy for the Swans. Unfortunately,
1: we couldn't go back to back after that, but... Uh... That's footy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. Still a memorable moment, nonetheless. Um, Remember it fondly. So the new stadium at Perth, hopefully, we are the... Make some history. uh, Yep, history. The first team ever to win at Perth Stadium. Just take that away from the West Coast. That'll be delightful. It'd be a great little stat. I'd love it if we got up. Um, and we're a really good chance, if Nick Nat doesn't play in particular, Kennedy's already been ruled out. Josh, yes. Josh Kennedy of the West Coast. Yep. Um, so our
1: defence uh, sure to have a, a really big impact, not having to worry about him.
0: Just Jack Darling. Uh, just that. Just Jack Darling. <laughs> so yeah, worry worry about Jack, but we should be all right with him, I would think. Um, we I think the main thing for us is making sure that they don't get... To freewheel off halfback with the Absolutely. likes of Yo Hearn McGovern, McGovern. Yep. Um, if if we can limit that, um, we we should be able to get the job done. I think the wide expanses of the new Perth Stadium are similar dimensions to the MCG. Um, we haven't had a lot of success on the MCG recently, but um, I, I feel like that we can, um, a, as long as we're able to play the way that we want to play off halfback, that should nullify anything that they want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I hold high hopes, and I, I think what we mentioned before, which I'm taking a, a lot of happiness in, is we're not going to go 0-6 again. Yep. I think it's important to remember that we're, we're going to come out <laughs> exceptionally hard in this game,
0: I believe. Well, you, we were talking about it before we went on air. Um, the fact that we've actually given it a real dip in this pre-season.
1: We never have before.
0: It's been many years gone by where we yeah. sort of floated through the pre-season and, and, you know, left the real stuff for round one. But after that slow start last year, um, we didn't want to leave yeah. any chance of that happening again. So Once bitten, been twice pre-season. shy, Tommy. Exactly right. Um, so the uh, tips for the, this game, obviously I'm going to pick the Swans. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say by... 28 points. Yeah, uh, I'd,
1: I'd say that's absolutely reasonable.
0: Comfortable margin. If, if we do everything right, we should be able to get the uh, job done against the Eagles. Uh, the other games this round, we've got Carlton taking on Richmond at the MCG Thursday night footy.
1: I think it'll be a lot closer than people expect, to be honest.
0: Unfurling of the flag.
1: Wouldn't that be great if they absolutely bottled it <laughs> at the unfurling? Um, but you'd think Richmond would win.
0: Say so the Tigers would get up. Brisbane and St Kilda. At Etihad? Yes, it is. Yeah, no, I'll be going for the Saints in that one. I think they're, they're good enough to get the job done.
1: I think it'll be closer than people think, though.
0: Tomorrow night, Essendon and Adelaide, also at Etihad.
1: You know what? I thought no team has dealt with a grand final loss worse than the Adelaide Football Club last year. And I reckon Essendon could roll them.
0: The Bombers in an upset. Yep. That's huge. Correct. That's huge if that is the case. Essendon fans would be uh, pretty up and about if that if that took place. I feel like Adelaide will get the job done you, you, with uh, well, yeah. new recruit Bryce Gibbs you know, coming off the uh, grand Silk. final. They'll be hurting, um, and I think they'll come over to Melbourne and, and have a nice win against the Bombers. Port and Frio. Uh, I think you've got to go Port. Frio. haven't really shown enough in the last couple of years to suggest that they'd be competitive with the sides that are going to be finishing in the top four, five, six. And Port Adelaide, I feel like he's going to be one of them. Um, yeah right. Okay. And yeah, Fremantle, Fremantle still got a bit of way to go in terms of development to to get to the point that they need to get to.
1: Gold Coast versus wait for it, North Melbourne.
0: Oh, could be the spoon battle this one. Um, whoever loses this is is going to finish last. Um,
1: <laughs> calling it already.
0: Just just about you just about can call it this early because yeah. these two sides haven't got the uh, most developed lists going around. I think North will just get it done. I
1: think Gold Coast will. Beat by four goals. Ooh. So, there you go. Mads is on the GC. Um, Hawthorne and Collingwood. That could actually be a really good game.
0: It could be an absolute corker of a game. Might go and have a look at that at the MCG 725 on Saturday. Oh, yeah. uh, Hawthorne, uh, for mine, is going to get the job done. Uh,
1: Collingwood will surprise this year, I
0: reckon. You reckon? Yeah. On, on the way up? Yep. Next game, the Giants, the GWS Giants, taking on the Western Bulldogs up at Spotless.
1: I think the Giants will pump them, to be honest. Yep,
0: no, I agree with that. Giants are going to be pretty strong this year. The D's and the Cats. This is this is a big game.
1: Viney, McDonald, both out six to eight
0: weeks. Big outs, but also on the other side of the coin, P Dangerfield, not playing. One of their three players, And not playing. So, and and you, Gaz is Gaz going to get up for this well, first game? Uh, uh, not sure.
1: Historically, probably not.
0: But, probably not. So but, you know,
1: they've only got three players, so if they don't have Dangerfield and Ablett, then it's going to be hard to have Selwood versus Melbourne.
0: I'm going to say the Cats in a nail-biter. Melbourne's defence is is still a bit of a worry, even with Jake Lever. Even with Lever. Even with Lever, I think it's still pretty suspect. They haven't, They can't decide who that second tall defender is, whether it's Frost or McDonald. I'm not sure who they're going to pick for that contest. But, uh, yeah, their back six is oh, suspect.
1: West Coast's new logo is a bit flash, isn't it? It is. It I've looks very similar.
0: Updated the logo, the Eagles. To,
1: uh, to Hawthorne's, but that's all
0: right. And, yes, last game of the round, Swannies taking on the Eagles. I'll say Swan's by 28 points. What's your margin, Matt?
1: Uh, I would actually say more like 21. I think it'll, it'll be a bit closer. Than we think.
0: You're going three and a half goals, I'll go four and a half goals. Yeah,
1: that'll do. All
0: right, so that just about uh, finishes things up for True Bloods. The in first our, episode. Our first episode, Now, our season preview, our last year's season review. Uh, we're going to be talking Swans every week. Tommy Flanagan and Madison Clark uh, in the Podula Studio discussing all three, all things Swans. Um, but what we do want is we want interaction. We do. And we're, we're starting up a segment this week uh, it's going to be one for you Swans fans to, to get around and enjoy on the Facebook page. It's going to be polls uh, every week or so with a couple of Swans players fighting off against each other for the title of the greatest Swan of the past 25 years. The knockout competition on Facebook. You can vote uh, as of... Uh, Friday morning, we're going to have the poll up on the Facebook page, so you can jump on there. And the first match-up is going to be Brett Kirk taking on Jude Bolton when goes through to the quarterfinals. Well, that's a
1: huge one to begin with, isn't it?
0: So that is one to look out for this year, the greatest swan of the past 25 years, competition on the True Bloods Facebook page. Check that out this week and register your vote for Kirky or Jude.
1: Now, just before we go, I want to make it very clear why we're doing this. And it was made even more evident to me this week when football shows started coming back on 360 footy classified i watched them all because i love footy where were we that's the thing we're never there i sit there watch footy classified for an hour i have a busy life i work full time for me to stay up that late I want to see a bit of bloods, and I never do
0: We could be the best team in the comp we could be the worst team in the comp we wouldn't know judging by the by the media
1: and that's why we're doing this because we want there to be some sort of content out there so hopefully this brings some sort of um, satisfaction or happiness to uh long suffering blood supporters who don't uh, don't get to hear a peep.
0: Get no kudos for from the mainstream the media. media. No, that's
1: outrageous. So hopefully, that's why we're here. That's ho- why we're doing hopefully
0: it. Hopefully, we, we can uh, do the boys a bit of justice and 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 cover the boys well all year hopefully. from the Swannies because it's a travesty.
1: But anyway, very exciting. It's going to be a good 2018 and uh, it's going to, going to be really good to be
0: involved. Mate, I'm pumped for Sunday night, 7.30 Australian Eastern Time. Over at the New Perth Stadium, the Sydney Swans taking on the West Coast Eagles in a round one blockbuster. We can't wait for it. And we'll see you next week on True Bloods.
1: I'm Madison Clark. That's Tommy Flanagan. Take care. We'll see you next week. This has been a Podular Media production.